Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. I am Nick Slavic. I'm the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I'm also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. It is a weekly live Facebook show where I basically showcase the life of a master craftsperson and a paint business owner. And uh, today we're doing an off Friday, off Saturday show here. Uh, we had the Memorial Day weekend and I wanted to give enough time for my family. We had veterans organizations and stuff like that. And uh, so I'm getting on midweek uh, for the Ask a Painter Live show. This is show number 365. We just had our seventh anniversary, which means I've been broadcasting this show live uh, for seven years, every week without missing a week. Um, this weekend is going to be interesting. Uh, we have one more show and then I'm leaving for the wilderness of Canada. And uh, I think the only time this show has ever not gone live uh, during a week is when I've been in the wilderness of Canada. So likely I will be taping a show from Canada and putting it out there next week. So I think only two or three times in the history, seven years of this show, we've ever had a live to tape and then posted like that too. So, uh, it'll be a fun show, but I'm going uh, by float plane into the wilderness with my family and we will be incommunicado for a whole bunch of days here. So um, yeah, so tonight we have a, a grab bag of a show. We can talk about any topic you want, uh, any questions you want. I have a whole bunch of uh, economic indicators that I'm seeing in my business and elsewhere that I want to go over, kind of pulse of the industry, things like that. Uh, I want to talk about some PCA updates and a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you guys have any questions, if you guys have any topic suggestions, I'm seeing uh, very familiar names pour in uh, in the live feed. We're Instagram over here. We're Facebook over here. And I am sitting on the patio of the Slavic farm. And um, for those of you who know and love Scott Yeager, one of my favorite carpenters on the face of the planet, we're basically brothers in arms in the craft. Uh, last year, he built me this rockin' uh, pergola over this uh, crazy big patio that we have out here. So you can see, this is what I have to look forward to uh, before I go to sleep every night and then every morning when I wake up, my beautiful wetland, pond, woods, and everything else. And uh, this is a great place to be. So uh, any questions, any comments you guys have, we are all right here uh, for you. Um, otherwise, I wanna talk about some things that have been going on in my business. I wanna talk about some things that are going on in the economy. Maybe they affect us, maybe they don't, but as, uh, as business owners and master craftspeople, we are affected by some of this stuff. So number one, spring rush. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I use, a lot of people use the Painter Facebook groups as ways to an ask and answer questions, right? I, I'm the moderator of a couple of them and a couple of the uh, bigger ones too. And so I get a really cool inside look into kind of a macro. I take a step back and I, I insert myself where we are. Um, uh, but I kind of like move myself out and sort of like, I like to just look back and look for patterns and detections and things like that. And, uh, timeless pain. What's your take on the economy in your area? Boy, do I have, uh, uh, I got thoughts here. And, uh, I was actually just at a, um, uh, workforce development board meeting here for the county over here and data was flying out of these uh, county officials and I couldn't write it down fast enough so I have more on that for you guys there too so um, okay so uh, more on that later um, so 
I love getting the pulse of our industry from those Facebook groups. And the biggest change that I've been seeing in these Facebook groups is now uh, we have completely switched. And this is data plus feelings. We have completely switched from where are all the good people to how do you estimate, what do you charge for X, and where do you get leads? I wanna expand my business. So now there's gonna be a natural ebb and flow in the spring every year because um, summer, uh, at least in the upper Midwest or the Northern part of the United States, there's a short time to get everything done. So naturally, if you're a painter and not even a good one, you're gonna have work in the summer. It just is what it is. We're just calling a, a spade a spade here. But I'm seeing a lot more of that than usual and I'm very curious about it. So. All right, let's see what we got here. Uh, just chatting about your ask paint. Oh, I love that stuff, guys. Thank you for all the comments here. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> I believe that we are now. Uh, when you think about, I started my business in 2007, so I've been I've been around long enough to see the housing crisis, the economic sort of like recession, the Great Recession of 2007, 8, 9, 10, whatever you want to call it there. Um, and I've lived through a couple economic dips now with my business, my 15th year. Um, I think we have been in at least a decade plus of, there's always tons of work to go around. It's not a problem. We just can't find enough people. I stand in my own way. I can't grow a professional business because I'm just not a professional and I don't professionalize my business. But now I, I, I could make a great economic argument and a feelings-based argument that we are going to flip and we are going to go into a period where it's harder to find work and it's a little easier to find people. Now, what I'm not saying is we're going into a recession, right? I mean, we've, we've been, one of my favorite podcasts, he says this all the time, we've been a month away from a recession for 18 months and it's like this guillotine hanging over our head and it hasn't come true. Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of things that'll make it come true. And honestly, if I knew what the economy was going to do, I'd sell everything I own short or do long with the economy and I'd retire a very rich man. Nobody knows that. So when you hear people saying we're, we're coming to this, we're going into that, nobody knows, right? We can only look at the data in our business. Um, the, the thing that I do know about our industry is that the professional home service industry, if you're a client of us, is very underserved. So Honestly, I could make a great economic argument that um, political elections, economic swings, macro, global economics, even wars, conflict, and things like that, honestly, really don't mean a lot to us and won't affect our business. The only thing standing between us and success is our own ability to execute our plan for now, right? There's not as much competition as in other industries. Um, if you answer your phone and you're not a crook, you have lots of work. And uh, that's a condition that won't always exist. And I say this because we have been in a economic pattern where that has been true for over a decade. Another economic stat that's weird is most paint businesses only last one to three years. So it's likely that over 90% of our entire industry has never felt anything different than what it is now. And that would lead you and us and them to believe that this is how it's always been. And this is how it always will be. And that is not true. That is not true at all. I see Natalie Newbert watching. Newberts have been around for a long time in this industry on Instagram. You guys know the economy goes up and down. Every 10, 15, 20 years, we're gonna go through some change where we now, I, you know, I see it as an oversimplification as the teeter-totter of we either gotta find labor or jobs, labor or jobs, and the economy switches between a lot of that stuff. So um, the one, the economic indicators that I look at, I still believe, Success is still all my fault or my gain. But 
last year, statistically, we had no spring rush. And it actually really worried me. Web traffic was down, leads were way down, uh, sales were down in the spring. Like we normally rely on that late April, May time in the upper Midwest where there's a ton of demand, we sell a ton of stuff and it actually makes or breaks our summer in a lot of ways. Statistically, not just feelings. It's not like it was there and we just couldn't capitalize on it. It just didn't exist last year. Like all those bumps that are supposed to be spike in demand, spike in leads, spike in web traffic, it didn't exist. The data proved that there wasn't a spring rush. Now, that might have been very hyper-specific to me. Who knows? I'm Prith Fever County, and we've got recruiting best practices, pain and training resources, and a bare pro sweepstakes coming your way in this PCA Minute. It's recruiting season. If you're wondering where all the good candidates are, we got you covered. There's an entire section on PCA Overdrive dedicated to hiring, recruiting, and retention. Curated from your favorite podcasts, expo sessions, and virtual events, you'll learn to hire and keep rock stars in your company. Just look for the hiring, recruiting, and retention lane on PCA Overdrive. Get your crew field ready faster with PCA's Painter Training. PCA Overdrive provides free access to Painter Training videos in English and Spanish. Our training portal offers a more in-depth learning experience through a guided pathway. Each module has an assessment and certificates are awarded at the completion of each level. To learn more, go to pcapaintedorg slash training. Finally, enter for a chance to win the Bear Pro Painter Sweepstakes. Price includes $5,000 worth of Bear, Kills, Graco, and 3M products. Visit pca.so slash Bear Pro Sweepstakes to enter now. Um, it was just a weird thing I've never experienced in 15 years. Uh, the spring rush is back this year. It's huge. Uh, 75 leads a week, give or take. Um, obviously, we're more sophisticated marketers every year that we do this. And that sun is peeking out, and it is absolutely gorgeous out here. Um, we are better marketers every year. Every year, I've ran a business that did not look like the business the year before. We've had people, uh, new people in place and things like that. So there's lots of variables in there. But what I can say is that we went last year, no spring rush to a spring rush now. I'm very happy to see that. Um, this is also a weird economic indicator. And again, I own this. I don't think this is a product of uh, macroeconomics or anything else. This is the first year in 15 years where we've actually started behind in revenue, where every year we've been growing so fast, we're just used to making more revenue week by week, year to year. If you look at week four from 2000, you know, uh, 21 to 22, it's always going to be more because we just have more people. We have larger leadership team. We're more sophisticated. We're, we're more experienced. And um, this is the first year that honestly in quarter one, we were behind in revenue. So um, it was a tough slog in February. There's a huge dip. We had good January down in February, back up in March. April is pretty good. And now May, uh, May was good as well, too. We're waiting for the final numbers on May, but May was good. And uh, June is going to be uh, really good, too. So and it'll be largely a product of us. And it's, I, I would not I don't have a lot to point in the macro economy that would actually like, you know, tell me that that's the case. So sales and production were um, we're a little bit behind in production right now, but we're making it up quickly. I mean, we're having $100,000 weeks uh, in production. So we're, we're, we're making up ground that we lost in February. Sales is actually ahead of schedule. So we got super intentional with our sales team. Uh, December and January were tough. We slogged it through. We did what we could. We got a big machine to support. Um, and then in, um, um, we got super intentional. We tried out a bunch of stuff. Uh, we, we went back to mastering the basics and the sales guys have just been ripping uh, these last bunch of months here. And uh, yeah, uh, 
I should probably take uh, a pause here to mention two things, which is honestly, we got a pile of people watching right now uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, kindest thing you can do for me is just share this right now. Put it in your story, put it in your feed, just get it out there. Hit share. It doesn't cost you a dang thing and it benefits me greatly. Uh, and and uh, since we're all utilitarian and uh, we love economics, um, it's a huge benefit to me. It costs you almost nothing, and uh, this show is free. So please, do me a favor, everybody. If you like anything you heard, just share it. That is honestly the kindest thing you can do for me, besides joining me in the PCA. Um, and the second thing I should mention is, I am constantly humbled and impressed by the humans that I gathered around me here. I am I am just honored every day to get up and do what I do with these people. These I'm just... The core values, the hard working, the thoughtfulness, the foresight, uh, the core, uh, the, the culture and everything is just absolutely humbling. And I consider myself the luckiest guy on earth to be doing this uh, with all these people. It's it's an amazing group of people uh, that we gather together. So, um, yeah, we are we are who we are because of our people. And that's true for every business like that. You win with that. So, um Sales and production, yeah. So sales and production update. It's a really interesting year. We're we're of a we're of a really unique business size now. We're we're plus or minus ten percent a three million dollar company, depending on how you want to look at it. And that's a really sort of interesting size in the economy uh, and in our industry to do that. Um, it, it's tough to incrementally grow from here. You kind of have to grow to take a big leap, but we're at a really cool like plateau right now where we can do a lot of fun things and the next step will likely be a big leap, but um, we're just going to wait and see and uh, we're going to enjoy this right now and we're going to make sure that everybody's happy, everybody's making a lot of money, everybody's having a lot of fun, our clients are well taken care of uh, before we do a lot else with that. Um, so it'll be a good time, especially with my involvement in the PCA. I want to make sure that I give everybody uh, their due uh, to this sort of thing. So let's, uh, I got a couple more um, updates about seasonals. Uh, partnering with other contractors, but let's let's make sure I'm not missing any comments or questions here. Anthony Cave, we've been staying two weeks out. Used to be two months out this time of year. It's nerve wracking, <laughs> but I can say two weeks and I'm fine with it. So, Anthony, uh, I love updates from you because I know you're very thoughtful about this. And uh, so, <laughs> this is a crazy thing. Um, talk about lead times. Um, I wrestle with this all the time because we. If we were booked out three years, that would make me feel like a very happy man. That's job security. But the problem is clients don't wait that long, right? Anybody who says that I'm booked out a year and people wait, maybe, maybe not. It, that's usually not true. Clients usually don't wait a year for almost anything. So right now we have our sales team and our production team are doing the Lord's work. We have about $1.2 million worth of painting jobs with an AJS of somewhere between four and 7,000 sold. Scope is good. We're ready to go and produce it right now. There's probably about 800K in exteriors and probably about five or 600K, um, depending on the week, in um, interior work, just sold and ready to go. And so it's a mountain of work to go through. And now the problem is, depending on the size of your company, that could either be three years out or that could be two weeks out, give or take. And uh, the problem is, as business owners, we're trying to like, walk that line between we want a lot of work on the books to feel good and sleep at night but also we have to we have to get to these people quickly so it's it's one of those like i you have i've learned to try to keep a razor's edge of work to where 
we're only about a week out with estimating and now is our busiest time of the year for estimating we're, t we're typically two I think we're two weeks booked out with vacations and Memorial Day and all this other stuff but I like to be I like to be about a week out for estimates if we can get it below a week that makes me even happier but then we start getting razor thin you know and um, we're of a size where you can't just bump something and make it make a 24-hour turnaround with that like it's a big ship to turn around so you kind of need a week or two if you make an adjustment of marketing it'll take a week or two uh, to do something like that so yeah Anthony I feel you there man I absolutely feel you there so wow thanks everybody watching we got a whole pile of people watching tonight so maybe that eight o'clock at night is uh, on a weekday is a good thing for ask a painter so um, all right, let's see. Scott McDowell. Hey, Nick, the calls keep coming in. I'm booked out until about fall, having high turnover with health, but seeming to be getting back in track with a little improvement. What's the best thing I can do as a strategic approach? So whatever you can do, the problem that our industry has is stability. And I've been devoting a lot of my life to this, which is pay people a lot of money. The good ones. Find people that share your core values that do really good work and pay them a lot. And that helps them stay, right? Now, you got to be a good boss. You got to do the culture. You got to do the uh, events. You got to do everything else. But um, pay them. Just pay them. They'll, they'll, they will, that's, a, that's an initial thing you can do to buy time with people in order for them to understand that you're an actual good employer. Because there are so many bad employers out there. Um, yeah, lots of thoughts on this, Scott McDowell. Uh, for the people you value the most, pay them pay them and give them a, give them a future be nice to them things like that all all simple things uh and so, just like you're doing cycle through if somebody doesn't share your core values get rid of them as quick as quick as you can so austin schumacher i struggle every summer we book out so fast but then fairly slow in the winter so i'm apprehensive on hiring um another guy to produce that advice yes this is this is the natural um life cycle of a painting company which is if you do nothing and just grab some of your friends to work or maybe your family members and you do word of mouth your business cycle is dictated by other people word of mouth you can't control you can do a good job and create more word of mouth but you don't control when it comes in right so marketing is the big thing and i am pivoting a lot of my master's classes to deep deep dives deep learnings and marketing because of this because right now what we're going to have to deal with is too much demand in summer not enough demand in winter everywhere on earth and marketing is the thing where you take control of that and actually make that happen um lots of ways to do that deep dive but we can we can talk more about that too there's lots more coming there so nathan south uh let's see with that much work on your schedule are you running subs or employees we do both we're a hybrid model so we actually do a hybrid 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 model which is uh full-time w2 craftspeople apprentices things like that we have part-time apprentices and craftspeople people that have been with us for years and years college kids high school kids teachers things like that and we have uh subcontractors trade partners as well too so we do lots of different stuff uh, yeah we have 10 plus seasonals that come back almost every year like this and that's a crazy workforce that we can do to help our, our clients with here so yeah both um last year 
15% of our work, not more than 20, probably not less than about 14% of our work with subcontracting, but still we're, we're the majority W2 with uh, subcontracting, but that ratio is changing every year. Uh, as, as we, as our uh, uh, trade partners get to trust us more and they understand kind of how we work and we work together more. So it's cool. Uh, I'm Nathan Smith. I'm going to pause on your comment. We're going to go back over here to Instagram you guys got some awesome questions tonight. So da, 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 da. <laughs> man, what a night. There are tons and tons of people watching tonight. I appreciate this. Also, this is a, it's a hell of a night to sit out on the Slavic farm patio here tonight. It's awesome. Make it happen painting. We're thankful for you too. Oh man, thank, that's really kind of you to say. Uh, Garcia Brothers painting, May was very slow for me. Well, it, and, it, and it depends. Slow, uh, is, it, is it a function of what you did or is it a function of externalities? Like May was slower than we wanted, but we had a wet May. We had a weird, wet, dewy kind of like weather causes us a little bit of problems it's not the only excuse but it just causes us a little bit of problems so vork brothers how's it going man love you guys if you guys don't follow vork brothers get out there and follow vork brothers winter months are a grind in the midwest yeah that's it man you know and uh you guys are larger and more sophisticated than me so you understand how hard it is to keep that machine going and try to take that demand curve of summer and winter here and just get it to go like this like that it's a it's a tough thing man so Ah, hello from Vancouver. How are you? Congrats on the growth. Thanks, Vork Brothers. Uh, I can't wait to get there. Yes, you will. Do, 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 do. Newbauer, hey Nick, any suggestions or tips when uh, considering hiring subcontractors of the team for the first time? Uh, love your pergola. Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm very biased, but this is, I mean, come on, guys. Listen to that. Just turn your sound up and listen to that. That's glorious. So, all right, so here's the deal. Talk with people who do a lot of subcontracting. Uh, talk to any PCA member, talk to me. I will send you my subagreement. You can use it. Um, hire a lawyer for a few hundred bucks in your state to review it to make sure it's state specific. Have your insurance company, my commercial uh, insurance company, actually reviews my sub's insurances and tells me if there's gaps or questions or they don't fill it out right, things like that. But the biggest thing you need out of your subs to even be eligible to do this, the, the ground floor is W-9, certificate of insurance, and then a sub agreement like that. That legally binds them and you to a good working environment like that. After that, you have to figure out how to best communicate with them, uh, meet them where they are, Write up a scope of work that's easy. Uh, tell them what your promises to the client and have them fulfill those promises in a professional, legal way like that. And uh, basically learn and pivot. Do a lot of um, um, do a lot of job costing. And what you're going to have to understand is that most painting companies, even professional painting companies, don't really know their numbers. It's likely that subcontractors aren't going to have a crazy data base like, like I do in my company. And, well, I'm a, I'm a weird outlier with that. We probably have a little too much data <laughs> to pour through. But it's it's likely that almost every company, whether they're a subcontractor or not, is not going to have enough data, and they're going to make a lot of feel, uh, decisions based on feelings. So if they take a bunch of jobs, then turn down a bunch of jobs, or give you feedback about this and that, and you've not changed anything, understand that that is a person on the way to professionalization and be a help, be a coach, be a partner with them. Don't just, uh, don't just think of them as labor you don't own that you can use as a weapon. You can have some beautiful partnerships, friendships, uh, relationships with these people. Uh, and you can, it can be super mutually beneficial like that. Like, uh, when I talk about my team, I just don't talk about my leadership team, my painters, my seasonals, uh, my vendors and things like that. I talk about my subs too. They are 
awesome, awesome people that take care of our clients in the most amazing way. So very grateful to have them. So yeah, um, Neubauer, you can reach out to me and uh, I can connect you with some people or we can, uh, yeah, I can share anything I have in here. So um, Odom Paintworks, hey Nick, what would you say is the most important thing I should work on in my first year of business? Oh my God, all of it, <laughs> all of it. So here's here's the thing. I have, a, I have a stock answer to that, but there's a lot to it, which is join me in the PCA. Um, I was in this industry for 30 years, uh, 24, 25 years. I just toiled away, uh, with a lot of effort and not a lot of, uh, um, uh, benefits from it. Um, I started talking with other painters. I joined the PCA and I used all the resources and the hockey stick curve went like this as a human, as a professional, and as a business, the hockey stick curve went up. So honestly, right now, if I had to go back and do this, if I started a business, the first thing I do would be join the PCA, go to in-person events, talk to as many people as you can, get as many phone numbers as you can, get as much benchmarks, get as much data, get an inside look into as many businesses as you can. I would join the PCA's uh, business accelerator, business training, because then it'll take all that and put you in a cohort uh, to hold you accountable and it'll teach you that stuff. I would read the book Traction. I would watch the Living Daylights out of Ask a Painter Live because this is... Um, yeah, I'm not the only resource out there. There's crazy good organizations. Uh, Chris Moore has a leadership training uh, or, or a coaching organization. BTA has one. Uh, Brandon Lewis, uh, Tom Reber. There are so many good organizations to do stuff for you. But I will tell you this. Uh, start at Ask a Painter. I can't coach you. There's going to be a lot of information. There's a lot of videos you can watch. And then go find a coach. Like Ask a Painter is not either or with a coach. It's ask a painter and also get a coach, something like that, uh, somebody like that. And I would, I would invest the time into figuring out what a professional business is and then putting in the mountain of work that it takes to create a professional business. Uh, I'm biased, but the best thing you can do is email me, nick at nickslavic.com. I will send you a one-page document that lists out the seven steps to professionalization, exactly how I did it, exactly how others did it. And so now you have no barrier to information. You know exactly what to do to get to where we are. You just have to do it then. And that's where coaches and peer groups and mentors and uh, accountability partners and PCA members come into play with that. So that's what I would urge you to do. Uh, and reach out to me anytime. Happy to do it here. Ah, Tono, hello from New Zealand. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Winter, wet, cold, and snow. Man, that feels so good, especially in Minnesota, when we literally suffer from 40 below and snow banks and things like that, to hear that somebody else does deals with that when we have this tropical weather like this out here. So, Mr. Francozzi, my friend from down in Brazil. Hello, how are you? Um, where do you work mostly? The New Prague area mainly, or do you get to the cities a lot too? So, yeah. Uh, we're based in New Prague, and uh, if you think about Minneapolis, St. Paul is like, you know, the, the, the twin cities of Minnesota. Uh, St. Paul's our capital, Minneapolis is the big metropolis. We're on the southwest metro, so we kind of go from the crazy luxury lakes in the west. We go south to New Prague, and then we usually go um, east to Farmington, uh, Lakeville, things like that. We do bump into St. Paul, Minneapolis. We do those things, but we're, we're in this kind of the fertile crescent, the uh, the southwest metro, where honestly the heat map of building and home improvements is all right in there. So we're very lucky to be 20 minutes away from like the hottest home improvement market uh, in the state. So it's really cool. La Paintura. Hello, Nick. Coming to California anytime soon. Saw your retreat coming, but unfortunately won't be able to make it. Next time, we got big news on the retreat guys i can't say anything right now but more to follow lots going on there i am coming to california to see one of the greatest families in our industry the surf prep family the ferias uh, we're going to socal 
I will be there uh, with them. I put the date in the show notes here, but that's coming up later this year. And do not miss that, folks. That is awesome. And we already talked about topics. It's likely going to be my brand new version of marketing, uh, estimating what do you charge for X, all that good stuff like that, too. So don't miss that if you, if you, if you don't have to. So, all right, let's keep going through some IG here. Uh, thanks for the help. You are welcome. Uh, TJ Rahi, would you please mention uh, that what SOP stands for? Oh, Standard Operating Procedure. Standard Operating Procedure. It's basically a recipe card for something. Um, yes, uh, B. Neubauer, thanks for the great reply on my subcontractor question. I'm Brent with... Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> I didn't know that's hacky. Oh, my God. That's my fellow Minnesota painter. Dude, how dare you? Come down to my shop and I'll print you off a copy of my uh, sub-agreement. Uh, yeah, big fan of yours, man. Uh, we got to get together soon here. So, yeah. Seamless drywall. Nick, when you subcontract a project, do you let the client know? Yes. Upfront and honest is always the best. And uh, we do not apologize for it. Um, our subcontractors are some of the finest craftspeople's on the planet. And it's not a, well, we couldn't get a W-2 to do it, so I guess we found a subcontractor. Like, no, 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 no. Just like with paint, we have all sorts of Benjamin Moore. Uh, we have um, uh, Sherwin-Williams. We have Fine Paints of Europe. We have all these weapons at our disposal, and we pick the best one for the job or that will help the client out the most. And I think of seasonal W-2s, full-time W-2s, um, trade partners, subcontractors, and even referrals as all things we can do to help clients. And uh, I'm not dead set on one. I want all the tools uh, for the job to see what I can do. So, do, 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 do. Hello, Mr. Red Oak. Love you guys watching here. Hello from Oakland, California. All right. All right, you guys are great. Let's go back to uh, Facebook here. Oscar Milan, how's it going here? Uh, booked until mid-June, four painters now, started the year with one. You have been making some big moves, Mr. Oscar, and uh, we got to get you to a retreat, too. Vanessa, oh, one of my craftspeople, Vanessa, love to see you watching. Um, thank you so much. Steve Lockwood just hired another painter, and MN talks with another. Uh, this will take me to five painters in the field. Nice work, Steve. I know you're one of the most intentional guys in our industry and thoughtful, and we got to spend some time together uh, this year, too, in person, which was always awesome, so... Hey there, I bet business is probably picking up for you right now and things are feeling good. And using the right tools like Estimate Rocket can help keep it that way. Estimate Rocket offers professional estimates and proposals with digital signature, single source work orders for the entire team, lead to paid job management, full scheduling tools with mapping and time tracking, automated email campaigns, invoicing that exports to any accounting system, and deep data analysis reports. Go to EstimateRocket.com for a free 30-day trial to see if Estimate Rocket is a fit for you. Do, 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 do. Let's keep going through Facebook here. Caesar, thank you for sharing all this information. Man, I still got a bunch of, I still got a bunch of updates, guys, right? Okay, so it's, uh, it's already a half an hour in, and uh, I haven't got through a third of my list here of stuff to talk to, but I love talking with you guys. So, um, oh, Phil Klein, uh, one of the best dudes on the planet. Alan Wolkowitz, oh, good friend from the industry. We got to see each other a couple times this year. Hired a sub using your master agreement. I feel really good using it, and he turned out great. Setting proper expectations with employees, with subs, and clients gives you the best um, gives you the best results. Always. Always, always. Uh, Matt Kloppenborg, thanks for watching. Omero, how's it going, man? What are you doing uh, for marketing this time of year? Oh, my God. So, Omero, uh, big fan of yours, by the way. Um, 
we are getting ultra sophisticated because that's what my company needs. Uh, everything starts, if we had a tough December, if we had a tough February, not only should we own it as an industry and as a company, I'm taking personally personal ownership because I'm the only one that does the marketing or is in charge of the marketing in there. So here's what I, I we're going to do a deep dive into this later on. There's probably going to be 14 Ask a Painter lives about marketing this year because that's where all the interest is going. And I want to support this industry with data, with feelings and all that other stuff. So, um, we're doing about 13 different things right now. Um, the two big drivers of leads are word of mouth repeat referral. I put that in one group. Uh, direct mail, every door direct mail. And then I'm really pushing down the pedal on social media. We're also doing email marketing. We're doing business to business email marketing, which is a whole other experiment that we're doing. Way more to follow on that. Uh, yard signs, vans. Um, we are doing uh, newspaper ads. We're probably going to do a magazine ad later this year. Uh, we are doing about 13 different things that add up to all that. And what I did realize is I like to oversimplify, and that's a problem because you think, hey, listen, if I need more leads, I'm going to go all in on direct mail. I'm going to go all in on Nextdoor. I'm going to go all in on Angie's. And guess what? There's diminishing returns in every one of those things. So you can get a bump. You can get some. But the problem is if you just do word of mouth repeat referral, which is kind of what we all have anyway, and then pick one form of marketing, you can probably get about 80% of the leads that you need. That's my feeling right now. To get that last 20%, you got to do about eight things, right? You got to do about eight things to get those. There's going to be one or two things that really works in your market. And then you're going to have to fight and slog and go like crazy and get 2% out of 10 different things. 2% out of 10 different things when you go on like that. So I will share more with that, but we have a pretty insane marketing mix, even to the point where you know we're posting on TikTok, we're posting on LinkedIn, we're doing Nextdoor, we're doing Yelp. I'm updating my Google profile with updates and pictures and everything. I mean, like we are doing everything. We are doing everything. The list, my marketing checklist that I have to go through at least once a week is about 18 different things that I need to check off uh, every week. So it's, it's getting pretty crazy, but that's what my company deserves. That's what my company needs. So, all right. Hello from Oakland, California. Lots of people from Oakland. Oh, Chad, how's it going? Fellow Minnesota painter, John Giles, Madison, Wisconsin. Julio, how's it going, my friend? Uh, good evening from Chicago, Craig Lawson. Uh, da, 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 da. Nathan South. I also wanted to know on marketing, especially for my small company. I have three guys. All right, guys. Yeah, uh, we will do deep dives into marketing, but I will tell you this. Um, you need to do controlled experiments. You need to track all the data and you need to make decisions based on that data. This is like a no shit sort of thing, right? It's like do something, try it out, get the results, track it with data and not feelings, and then do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Now, actually doing that is a lot of work, right? So that's the thing that stands in between you and however amount of leads that you want to do. Um, we have a way to get somewhere between 50 and 75 leads a week doing what we do now. And uh, yeah, we'll share more as the year goes on. But it's, it's been something for years and years we've been working on. So Chris, how you doing, my friend? Carlos, how you doing? Mike Wojohn. Hey, we know Mike Wojohn. You don't need to tell me where you're from, Mike Wojohn. We know you're from Cannon Falls. Carlos, love seeing you, man. Evo. Bradley, Chad Devereaux, looking forward to the, my first retreat. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, we'll. Uh, the problem we're having with retreats all of a sudden is that there's a ton of people who want to go. And uh, I have to exclude way more people than we can uh, let go. So just don't take it personal, guys. We actually have to have a mix of alumni and rookies in order to, to keep everything. We need to keep the culture of these retreats going, but we also need new blood to have new experiences and things like that. So um, I'm trying my best. 
stuff, uh, stuff in the works with retreat. So hang tight. Chris Elliott, my good friend, Chris Elliott. Uh, let's see, Chad Devereaux, what program do you use for scheduling sales appointments and bookings? Uh, we use Google calendar and our website and Gmail. <laughs> we don't have anything that automatically schedules. I'm not a big, so it's not that I'm not a fan of letting clients schedule themselves. It's just adds a little too much friction in my business when they get to choose where they are. Cause we, we operate in a large geographical area and we cannot let them choose. We need to number one, figure out if they're going to be something we can even do and then try to clump them in with people near their area. So for now, that's what we do. Brian Santos, marketing diversification and differentiation, the key to success. More wisdom in that guy, Brian Santos, than any of you guys will ever know. I'm a big fan of his. So Nathan Larson, how you doing, my friend? Efren Medina, oh my God, how you doing, sir? Brian Elliott, good morning. Bearded painters rock. I'm getting my beard back, by the way. Uh, Nathan South, do you charge for estimates? Nope, never have. Joshua Justin, Google Ads works. Uh, pictures, reviews, responding, yeah, absolutely. Evo, hey, Nick, wanted to ask if we can connect. Yeah, absolutely. Nick at nickslavic.com. I can connect anytime. You guys know that, so... All right. Have you ever a chance to use the SW Gallery? All right. Here's the deal. People think that I have all this crazy privilege that I get stuff uh, a year before everybody. And there's some things like I'll get a quick shot delivered to my house a hell of a lot long uh, before you guys get one. But uh, there's a whole bunch of people who have new gallery series all over the place. And I contact my rep once a week and we still don't have it readily available here. So I have I've used it. I, I don't have the chance to actually buy it yet. So it, it's uh, it's spread out differently all over the place. Really looking forward to it. I like I like I love constant improvement. It's one of my five core values. And I try everything all the time. And I absolutely love that stuff. So what's the best way to get leads? All right, more to follow on that. Um, so here's, all right, the unsatisfying answer about how to, how to get more leads is try a bunch of stuff and do more of what works. But you have to track the data. Uh, I can't tell you. No, so look, I can tell you. There's only about 13 things that painters can do readily available, low-hanging fruit to get leads, right? It's all the things I mentioned before. But you have to track it, and it's going to be a little different because you're going to execute it differently, and your area might be different. I do not subscribe to that thing that, oh, my God, well, this works in Seattle. It's never going to work in St. Louis. Like, no, actually, whatever you devote a lot of time to, whatever you're intentional with, whatever you track data with, and whatever uh, you hold people accountable to, if you have marketers do it for you or hold yourself accountable to, magically you're going to get a better result. And that's with everything in life. So uh, let's see. Damon, how's it going from Minnesota? Man, we got people from all over the place here. Oh, <laughs> TJ Rahi, could you please shortly explain about these words in my job costing template? Callback, weight, material, and labor. Okay, really quickly, then I got to get to more of my stuff here because it's getting dark out here. So, uh, all right. Uh, in job costing, callback. A callback is when a client calls you back and says, uh, you need to fix something. Now, a callback can be complete BS. It can be you left a screwdriver on site. It could be calling you back for damage that was done previously That's that hopefully you have before and after pictures to back that up. It could actually be a drip on the carpet, a drip on the hardwood floor, which you own and fix. Not a big deal. But we track callbacks, and uh, we like to keep callbacks to 5% or less if we can, uh, give or take, of all uh, projects. Wait. When in my job costing template, the weight tells you of all the projects you did, what percentage of the revenue was that project? So if you did a hundred projects and that was a five thousand dollar project, uh, or you did a hundred thousand dollars worth of projects, and that particular project was five thousand, the weight of that project will be five percent of all your revenue, and that in my spreadsheet automatically tracks that for you. 
it's just a piece of data that I like to track. It's not really useful to figure out if a job is profitable or not, but I like to look at some jobs and say, you know, if that was a really, really bad job, what weight was that? Like, you know, one bad job out of a hundred doesn't mean you lost 1%. One bad job of a hundred could mean you lost 50% if it's that bad, right? If it's a heavy weighted job. So, uh, you want to be careful with that. Uh, material and labor, Matt and lab, M-A-T-L-A-B. Matt is materials. How much material did you use? You want to keep that to 15% or less with a larger business and labor, uh, L-A-B, um, labor, uh, we want to keep that to 40% or less. Obviously we'd like to drive those numbers as low as we can, but we got to do a premium product and we got to take care of our clients and, and pay people well too. So, uh, benchmark for that is 40%, give or take. So, all right. Uh, I'm going to get to the last of my, uh, AI for lead generation. Yeah. I mean, AI, AI is one of the things I want to update tonight. I don't have any deep thoughts about it. I'm not. I'm not on the cutting edge of that thing. But I do have. I do listen to a lot of podcasts on it. I do use it, uh, and I do have some thoughts from my perspective, which I don't know if it's a great data point or not. But um, AI is only really iterative at this point, and it'll take a, a learning model. It'll take a data set and basically predict the next word or the next thing. It's not really going to be creative. It's not going to be funny. It's not going to come up with new humor, really. Uh, and in fact, a lot of it will be wrong. Uh, give or take. Uh, it's good at getting a lot of menial tasks done quickly, you know, like coding and stuff like that, or coming up with spreadsheet formulas and things like that. Yes, there are some things where it does get lucky. It does actually have a use where it can help you write a blog post or something, but it's not to the point where it's going to come up with some earth shattering thing. It'll probably do a lesser version of what you do and you still need to hold it accountable, give or take. So yeah, one of those things. All right, really quickly, everybody. Um, uh, please share the show right now. We're running out of daylight here. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful night here and I want to finish up, um, share the show, just share it right now. It's, it's the kindest thing you can do for me. And uh, we've already done this for 40 minutes. I have to keep this under an hour. I got to start making these shows shorter or not. I don't know, but I have a feeling we need to be shorter here. Um, uh, so I'm still recruiting um, trade partners as well, too. So if anybody in my area wants to do some work with me, like I said, I got a mountain of work to do. I want to get to my clients quicker. And if anybody wants to work with me, open invitation to always discuss. I take nothing personally. If we can't make it a good fit, no harm, no foul. Shake your hand. We're still friends in the industry. But if you're in my area and you want to do something with me and my beautiful team, you're more than welcome to. Coming on as a W-2, as a seasonal, and even as a trade partner or a subcontractor. Uh, the economy, lots of tech layoffs, right? So the the big um, highlights, um, the uh, banners of this are, you know, Elon Musk laid off 80% of Twitter and Twitter still functioned, right? Like it may not be the same. I'm not a heavy twi Twitter user, but it still functions and it's still there. Now they lost a lot of ads. Elon Musk adds another weird little political thing to this that kind of plus or minus. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a weird sort of thing. That's not just all tech related, but I think if I was a tech company and I saw that Twitter laid off 80% of his people and they still have a minimally viable product, I would be shaking in my boots if I was a tech worker because all these other tech companies, their biggest expense is typically labor. And if, and if you can get rid of 80% of your workforce and still function, even on a minimally viable way, if I was on the board of a larger tech company or any company, I would say, oh, really? You don't say, why can't we just get rid of these people? Now, our industry is a little different. I don't want to get rid of any of my people. I want to add more of my people. I want to find more people like my people because there's still this unmet demand. But we're not tech, right? And especially with AI, you take you take a look at that. There's some bloated companies out there. Uh, through COVID, people got bloated. You've been hearing about Facebook layoffs. You've been hearing about Salesforce problems, uh, Slack, things like that. All these companies are downsizing. Now, you have to always put an asterisk on that, which is, 
where were they coming from, right? Like they didn't have the steady workforce and they're losing. They went on Amazon and things like this. They went on this massive hiring spree, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And they could have hired four or 500,000 people in the last three years over COVID. And now when they lay off 100,000, there's still hundreds of thousands of people ahead. It's just they sort of like took a little dive right now. So people think they're losing employees. They're still way larger than they were years ago, right? And things like that. So we have to take it into perspective. But it's weird. If there is a recession, it's honestly with mid-range tech workers or mid-level managers right now. Like the the entry-level workforce is not being laid off. They're still for hiring signs or for hire or excuse me, hiring signs everywhere. Uh, so maybe we are in a recession. Maybe it's a semi-white collar short sleeve button up shirt one. It's not the executives that are getting laid off. They're not getting axed. It's not even like VP or um, higher level people in these companies. It's like kind of the mid, kind of the low to mid sort of office workers and stuff that are really getting the ax. So it's really interesting to stand by and see this. Now, we also have this crazy, like, I, I'm, listen, I'm not an economist. I'm not what you would consider the smart guy. But when I drive around and I see all these crazy office buildings with for sale and for lease signs on them, when a couple years ago they were full of people, you can't tell me that something's not coming down the line. Does your business need more reviews? Nice job can help. Our reputation marketing platform automates review invites to save you time. Reviews are collected and distributed across major platforms such as Google, Facebook, and more. Turn your reviews into customer stories with photos that you can share across your social channels. NiceJob allows you to manage all of this within our platform. Start your free trial today. Now, maybe it, it'll be something we don't feel. Maybe it's something we don't touch. Maybe it's something that'll never affect me. But you can't tell me that three, four years ago when I drive up and down the big highways here and I see these crazy glass office buildings all pseudo empty, something's up, man. And not something's up. Something's coming. Uh, I heard a stat that it's some amount of trillions that the commercial market, uh, commercial real estate market is. And there's been a drastic change in it. So I would expect... I would expect changes to be coming in that area too. Now, this is all just ponderings of a house painter from Minnesota. I don't have any insight into that. I'm not even well informed about that, but I, as a business owner, I take into account pattern detection and that's the thing I'm seeing right now here. So, um, so tech layoffs, mid-level layoffs, AI. What's interesting is that the more I think about AI, the more I think about if you are a really well-paid person with not a lot of formal education, maybe not a lot of experience elsewhere, and you've worked yourself into a job over the last 10 or 20 years, um, when you're doing things that AI could take over, uh, you may be in a world of hurt here, right? If you are a unique individual that has a unique skill set, leadership abilities, management abilities, accountability things, you will probably be okay, right? But if you're not good at any of that stuff, and all you do is sort of manual labor, but on a computer all day, I would be quaking in my boots right now. So um, we may have this weird situation where our next bunch of master craftspeople may come from the undereducated, underskilled, little bit overpaid tech world or office world or the world like that, where all of a sudden, you know, when um, I'm part of a CEO group and one guy, uh, he's a coder, uh, his billings went from 20000 a month to $200,000 a month. 
uh, because he uses AI to code while he's sleeping. So he was able to do 10 times the amount of work in a month and bill for 10 times the amount of work. So basically, on its face, if he had 10 employees, he could have got rid of eight or nine of them like that and still made the same amount of money. So when you see Twitter do that layoff, when you see my CEO group friend do this, it doesn't, I mean, you're connecting a lot of dots here. And uh, now if you're that guy who's the business owner or knows how to prompt or control or use AI, guess what? You're probably going to be even a higher commodity. But if you don't know how to use AI or you don't have any skills in that regard and you don't have any management and leadership skills or accountability skills, I'd be worried. I would, I would up your skills right now uh, if I were you. Um, our industry probably won't be affected largely by this, give or take, but all the companies, all of our vendors, especially marketers, are going to be barking down our things going, hey, this is an AI-driven thing. It's the next thing. All our marketing is AI, AI, AI. I would really educate yourself on all this stuff because it, you know, AI right now, as far as most of us pedestrians use it, is making poems in the voice of a pirate about a house painter, right? Like that's that's the extent of it. So um, I would learn how to prompt AI, chat GPT, things like that. Um, uh, but I'm still waiting for, yeah, I'm still waiting for a higher use of all that stuff, give or take. Uh, there's not, it's not insanely practical and a big aha moment or a big time saver for me right now. But that doesn't mean you're, you're not going to look into it because when you think about spreadsheets, personal computing, uh, web, <laughs> um, working from home, COVID, all these major like seismic shifts in the world. AI right now is probably the next one. I mean, people thought it was going to be metaverse and a virtual thing and that, and that stuff all fell flat on its face in a, in a disgustingly embarrassing way. But you could argue that AI might be that now. AI might be the next revolution of that, where it may just be more productive, just like personal computing became more productive than the thing that came before it. Um, AI, it may not change everything. It's likely it will eliminate a bunch of jobs, but create as many, if not more jobs uh, because of it. So that's how I kind of see these things. Um, also, I've been thinking a lot about our industry and here's where we get into a little more personal stuff. Cause I, yeah, listen, I can ponder on, you know, the tech and all that stuff, but I don't have any insight. There's experts vastly more informed than I am. Uh, I'm just interested in it. Um, but I think, God, if I could wave the magic wand over our industry, I would, I would make all of us inclusive empathetic and unapologetic, right? When I look at my friend Corey Leister's group and Tanner Mullen's big Facebook groups, and they probably touch 210, 230,000 painters across the world, um, I still see a big old pile of regressive people. And this is not me saying that all the people in there are like that, but in our industry, it is a truth that there's a whole bunch of very scarcity mindset, non-ownership thinking, sort of regressive mindsets. And I, I say this openly because I used to be one of them, right? I used to think there was a lot of competition, that I had trade secrets, and then I held all this other stuff, and it's not the case, right? So what I wish upon this industry is that we could be more inclusive. When somebody says, what do you charge for X? Help them. Send them some resources. Teach them how you, how you come up with price, right? Don't just say you're a hack. You, sh you shouldn't be doing this if you don't do that. Um, we need to be empathetic, right? All of us started where that person was. And we're still going through this. And as far as I can tell, nobody has a solution to all this stuff. It's a constant grind with anything, anything good. But also unapologetic. Like people still say, I'm just a painter. And that is a thought that I've had to 
a thought and a feeling that I've had to really work to shrug over the years because I have low self-esteem anyway, right? I'm from Minnesota. I'm passive aggressive, introverted, introverted, low self-esteem, all that stuff. I've had to work very hard to kind of shrug that feeling. And how I shrugged it was I look at a lot of my peers. I look at people older, younger than me in all my social settings. And I see a whole bunch of people who honestly don't look forward to waking up every day. They do not like what they do. They have not found their calling. They have not found their passion. It's a grind and they hate it. And I have been involved with things that I don't like as much as what I do now. And I am not motivated. I'm not the same Nick Slavic that you guys know. I'm not this, you know, uh, boisterous, passionate, hardworking guy because I'm not that interested in it. It doesn't even make them bad people. But now I see what I do as this superpower. I love what I do. Not many people love what they do, right? How fortunate are we and are you to be in this thing that we love? Stop apologizing. Just a painter. Say, I get to paint. What do you get to do all day, right? And well, I shouldn't, shouldn't say that. You don't want to be adversarial. But I'm a painter. I love this. I am not going to say, well, yeah, we're hiring, but it's just for painting positions. No, stop it. This is beautiful. There are people who leave corporate America to make knives, right? It's beautiful craft. They love making something. They love all that things. They love taking ownership of their lives and doing something where it looks for, they look forward to it every day. Manual labor is not lesser, right? It's a way to take control of your life and tap into something deeply biological about us, about taking control of our futures like that. And I am done apologizing for that. And I would urge all of you, stop it. Stop apologizing for what we do. You know, this is such... Ah, it's such a beautiful trade, right? And uh, yeah, for, for more, more years than I haven't, uh, I've apologized for what I've done and I felt bad about it. And I've always felt lesser than and of other people. I felt self-conscious about it. And yeah, enough, enough. I love this. And it doesn't mean that I'm looking down upon the other people now. I'm just saying I have, I have not appreciated this gift that I've been given, right? We don't, we all, none of us really appreciate it uh, that as much as we should. So yeah. Now, uh, I think we're going to close on that. A um, couple PCA updates here. Uh, we're ripping with a whole bunch of uh, in-person meetings, uh, get-togethers, things like that. I put as many as I could gather up uh, that we have info for in the show notes here. Keep checking with uh, the PCA's website on that stuff. If you want me in your area talking about all these marketing and sales and what do you charge for X and estimating and things like that, get a hold of me, get a hold of Marsha at the PCA, and we can get this in an all-day format where I open up my business with spreadsheets and worksheets and everything to you guys. So uh, it would be absolutely awesome to do that with you guys. And uh, um, finally, to close this out, um, I've been the chairman of the board of the Painting Contractors Association now for five, six months. Um, it's a 140-year-old nonprofit full of servant leaders like us, like you guys, things like that. And I wish you guys could see the effort that everybody's putting into this to make our industry better. Um, I'm on calls almost every day. I'm on meetings almost every day, meeting with uh, our executive team, our, our uh, support staff, committees, things like that. And uh, the people we have assembled that are working daily to make sure this industry is taken care of is amazing. It's a super humbling team. And uh, not all of it you can feel the immediate gratification from. I mean, for the last five, 10 years, there's been people working behind the scenes that have done things to make things available to you guys that you're not going to know their names. You're not going to see their effort, but they're here for you now because of that. And 
um, I'm going to be more vocal about it. And uh, I, these people need credit for that sort of thing. And for a short while, I'm at the helm of it. I get to be the face and the voice of it. But I'm just one person out of thousands that, that do this sort of thing. So you are going to see massive, massive change in the PCA in our industry in the next couple of years. And it's largely going to be because of all the people we've assembled that are putting in daily effort to this. So I would urge you to join me in that and be part of this and take ownership and, and find something you love to do. Like you all are servant leaders sitting here watching this stuff. God knows it's almost nine o'clock here. I should be going to bed soon. I got a super early morning. I'm training 10 people tomorrow morning. But I love this, and I wouldn't give it up for the world, and uh, I would urge you not to either. So uh, let's get out there. Let's do this. You guys are all servant leaders. You're going to give back in some way. I would urge you, if you have the bandwidth, to give back to your industry uh, and the PCA and join me. Go side by side, shoulder to shoulder with me, and let's make some change in this industry. So, all right, everybody, I am deeply appreciative of you guys, and uh, yeah, let's get after it here. Good night. Thank you for following. Share the show. And uh, we will probably see you again Saturday for another Ask a Painter. So, all right, everybody, greatly appreciate you. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.